The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We're on Voice America, and we're on the Variety Channel. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being a new listener, if you are. I welcome any and all of you, and I really appreciate the growth that's happening here. So thank you so much for that. I want to ask if you would take a look at our Facebook page, which is Illuminating Now. That's all one word. And I would also love you to follow us on Twitter. And that's just the at sign, Illuminating Now. We do have continuous threads of conversation. We have questions and answers that we feel are the ones that we end up choosing. And quite often, it's many, many of them are so valuable for the community we're building, for all of us to learn from each other. So those answers get read on the air, and we name the person who gave that answer. So we are going to be doing that today. So stay tuned through the show, and we will be doing that as well as welcoming back a guest from last week, which I'll talk about in just a minute. I would also like to give you qualityforlifecoaching.com. That's a website. Please take a look at it. It's been redone. It's, it's new and kind of innovative and fun. And I would love to hear from you. And you can do it through that website or you can do it through Lindsay. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. So you can write me a personal email or you can call me or you can Skype me or you can find a way to make contact. And I'm glad to talk to you on a complimentary session and See if there's anything you want to work on. I'm glad to talk about anything that you may want to process, having heard it on the show or just in your own life. There will be a Lindsay's Life Secret on this show, as you well know, and usually it's at the end. So please stay tuned for that. So I am going to talk about our guest from last week. That was Sherry Stoneberger, who is on again this week. And we talked about her lovely daughter, Melissa, and life when she was born and the wonderful pieces of her as a baby girl and life when she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and what kind of challenges that that can be. But Melissa sort of beating all odds in the kind of personality she developed, how Sherry was an inspiration for many and her daughter was truly the same, a true inspiration, defying a lot of medical odds and just living as a real contributor in her community so it, it's, it's an interesting story. Missy was a super special person. Today is part two of this series. 
we will discuss what's even harder than maybe talking about this precious girl being diagnosed with a brain tumor. This show is to talk about the loss, the actual loss and Missy's purpose and legacy and how do you cope and how do you move on. So I want to acknowledge, as I often do, that you know, this isn't always easy. It's not always easy to listen to, to talk about, to write an email back to me about, but it's really important. And I just give so many props to someone like Sherry who can come forward and tell this story because that's, that's just a precious, precious gift for all of us to hear how somebody goes through this and gets through this. Before I introduce Sherry onto the show, I want to acknowledge that we did run a thread on Facebook and we did ask the question, that if you knew someone who lost a loved one, did you believe that maybe you should bring it up or better yet, stay quiet? You know, a person isn't going to want to have you bring that up. That's too touchy. I really, really appreciate those of you who answered and those of you who involved yourself with this question. It's not an easy question. It would be an easy one to pass by and think, I don't really want to answer that. That's a toughie. But, you know, a number of you did. And I'm going to tell you each other's answers so that we can share and learn from each other. Ron Sidwell. Ron, thank you for this answer. He agrees with an answer that is coming up, but Todd Hirschberg named something about grieving. But what Ron said is all too often, the response is to ignore the elephant in the room. And he said, even though every person grieves differently, the loss cannot be ignored. And I think that's, that's very true. And I think it's precious for people who have connected to a loss to know that other people can speak about it and everyone's not running and hiding in a corner. Rick Olson said, just to pray and be there to listen would be what he would think would be the right thing to do. And I think listening is also very important. Sometimes someone wants to talk and share stories. And so again, avoidance, you know, that's, that's not my belief system, but it's interesting. All There's no right or wrong answer here. And, Satish Isaac said, pray, God will do the rest. Mike Pacholsky said, now he, he was referring to two parents, but this is all important to hear what we all think about these things. So he was talking about if two parents lost a child and he said, I may not have any experience, but I would encourage them not to let it unravel their relationship with their spouse or significant other their child would not have wanted their passing to have caused an end to their own relationship. And they certainly don't need to lose one another on top of losing their child. So again, I know a lot of you have gone through something like this and it is a a challenge to maintain a relationship and figure out how to go forward. So thank you, Mike, for that answer. Liz Hall, she said, not bringing their child up might hurt them, meaning not talking about it, No one wants to think their loved one, and especially a lost child, will be forgotten. Tell them you'll never forget, and you will help them remember the happy memories and the things that they would like to perpetuate. Show love to them, as it is exactly what they need after such a huge loss. So thank you, Liz, for that. And Ralph Ott said he would only bring it up and talk about it to his very best friends that so clearly... You know, there's a comfort level. We all have to make that decision for ourselves. Todd Hirschberg had said, which was referred to by the first answer, but he had said there's no right answer for this. Each person grieves in their own way. 
I couldn't agree with that more. There is no right answer, but I am an advocate for not avoiding something because people who lose someone they love, love that person. So they'd love to perpetuate not just their memory, but what their contributions and what their purpose was. Gary Loper answered this. Every situation is completely different. There is no one correct response. Best responses I've learned to share, he's saying the best response that he's learned to share is, quote, I can't imagine what you're feeling. I am here for you. Reach out anytime you need anything. If you would like to talk, I'm here to listen. Gary said over 80% of the things people say to family after such a loss actually often causes more pain. Better to say less and let them know they're in your prayers and you're available. It may also be wise to look for opportunities to help. Most people will not ask for help, even when they're in need. So maybe bring a meal, cut their lawn, sweep the sidewalk, buy some groceries. He said, I believe that actions such as these would be more powerful than most of the words we think are making someone comfortable. So thanks, Gary. That's a long answer. That's a deep answer. And that's what I mean. I really, really appreciate all of you choosing to answer this and get involved and make a difference. So thanks for that. So again, I told you Sherry was on last week, disclosed a lot of stuff, lovely, lovely stories about Missy and hardships as well. So I want to welcome you again, Sherry, back to the show. And thank you so much for taking time to, you know, be on two shows, two weeks in a row. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. You are so welcome. So we're going to get to some hard stuff. It's not much harder than before because we're talking about, you know, again, the ups and downs of this. There's, I mean, there's the legacy of Missy is so fantastic and yet. I mean, you said you cry every day. I, I, I get that. I mean, gosh, you just miss a person that is your love, you know, a love of your life. Can you describe the emotions and even any, anything you want to share with us on the story of Missy's passing, how you found out or the emotions around that or anything you'd care to share? Well, I think it's always um, a hard thing to talk about, especially um, as Melissa, as I've described her before, was a girl of action. And meeting that after she lived on her own, if she was um, sick or if she needed to get somewhere, she made sure that she had a way to get there, even calling a cab. So if I was not answering the phone like in five minutes or, you know, a few minutes after she'd call me and she needed to get to the emergency room or felt like she did, she would call a cab. So the the, week, the day that uh, she called me and said that she was not feeling well and asked me to to uh, pick her up some uh, Diet 7-Up and cold medicine, I did. And I took it over to her and... Um, and I looked at her, and she said, I, you know, I'm just going to go back to bed. I'm not not feeling well at all. Um, and I looked at her, and I'm thinking her coloring is not good. And so she said, you know, she wanted to go back to bed. So she walked back in and went back to bed. And, of course, I left. And I um, that was the last time that I saw her. Um, and that's always so hard for me to think that, Possibly if I had done something differently or, you know, if I had 
But okay, you're in the car, you know, you're going to the emergency room now, you know, if something could have changed. But as it turns out, um, it could not have changed because she was in severe heart failure with um, a heart disease that was not detected that had hardened and enlarged her heart where um, she was basically breathing carbon dioxide. So there's not anything that that would have extended her life other than maybe, you know, being on oxygen for a week. But I didn't know that at the time um, because they they ended up having to do an autopsy. But I, Melissa is so good about um, reaching out, you know, texting, calling. So when I didn't hear back from her, I really started to really worry, and my gut sense was there's something very seriously wrong. Wow. So, so. I, um, I knew that she had an appointment that someone was picking her up to go um, shopping. And so when that time came, um, I think it was 9 o'clock the next morning, and um, I thought, well, I had texted her about five times before that, you know, how are you feeling? Well, and so um, 9 o'clock came, and I'm thinking, you know, the lady's going to go there. They're going to go shopping. They're going to be fine. She's going to be fine. But I didn't hear from her at noon. I didn't hear from her. So I, I called the lady, and she said that basically um, that Melissa, she had gone there, and Melissa wasn't ready. So Melissa went, turned around and went back, and she thought she was getting ready. So she sat down, and she um, didn't hear Melissa. So she walked around the corner and um, said that Melissa went back to bed. And so she left. Um, and so um, she just didn't realize that Melissa was so sick that she couldn't get up. So right. I, I just, um, I, that is, that's how I found her. I, I just had this sense that I had to go there. I had to see her. I had to make sure that she was okay, and I found her. So that was, um, I don't know how I got there. My hands and heart were shaking so badly uh, that I couldn't hardly drive. But right. I just knew that something this time was really wrong. Wow. And so um, that's how I found Melissa and the before the autopsy, you always wonder, you always think, you know, you could have done something or you could have changed the course of action that right. happened. But it was right. not to be. No, so, I mean, well, I want to ask you, so when you, so you go back there and, and I can only imagine, and I know that I've talked to you a little bit about it, certainly, but that I, I just, I so feel you, that, that shaking, that you don't know how you even get from one place to another because something is so strong on your mind, such a strong instinct that something's very, very wrong. So you get back there, and how do you react to that, Sherry? How, how do you react to realizing she's gone? I just, I, you know, I just called uh, 911, and I, um, she... I knew that she was gone. I couldn't bring her back. But, you know, just, you know, just how you go through the stages and right. you beg, you know, you just wish that you could, 
that she would say something to you, that you right. wish that you could have said something to her. And you, I always wondered, why is it that, that I couldn't have been there, you know, that, that she couldn't hear my voice for the last time telling her how much her mother loved her. Right, right. But I understand that sometimes there's no right or wrong way. And it could be that Melissa um, or God wanted it to be that way so she wouldn't have the pain of, of having to say goodbye to me. Right, right. She, you know, she was a very, I mean, all of her life, she had such a destiny. She had such a purpose and such a path that she walked. She chartered that path. And and we can all come up with reasons. And I'm sure people want to comfort you every day with that thought. And as a mom myself, believe me, <laughs> I would think that thought too over and over. Like, wait, was there one more thing or one last thing? You know, it's these are difficult subjects. And um, but looking at Missy and and how she lived and and how long and and in what she contributed, it was so purposeful. And I and I I certainly can see value in going to sleep just just knowing I'm about to go shopping, but I need to sleep right now. Like just just some sort of peace in what that journey is. But you know, there's no one that can tell you that. And I'm more interested in your experience. Certainly not here to to tell you. But um. So there was a heart condition, and nobody knew about that? The doctors didn't? So that's right, because she was being treated for, um, she had uh, some melanoma, but mostly radiation cancer that had come from having so much radiation when she was battling her brain tumor, tumors. And so all that came up as, as a radiation cancer. So she was battling that, and sitting, sitting, worrying about it, she... She got herself into a cancer support group. She, you know, ministered to all those people as well. She just, she was there for a purpose. She helped a lot of people. You know, she she didn't sit and cry about things. She just got up and did them. So when she needed something, she knew how to get it. That's for sure. And so she... um, during the course of her, all of her treatments, she would sometimes, you know, be at the emergency room, and they diagnosed it as vertigo because she was feeling dizzy, and never was it diagnosed as, you know, her heart, hardening of her heart, lining, and enlarged heart. So to say that you could have done something about it, I don't think so because it was just the course that she had to take. Um, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it would have, she would have had to, I don't know what they could have done. There, there are medications that, you know, people can take when they have enlarged hearts now, but, um, at the time that it was discovered, it was too late for her. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, so now you, this, you discover this, you realize this and, and as you said, now how old was how old was Melissa when she passed? Thirty. She was thirty. And and when you talked about her talking about moving out on her own, which you talked about last week, 
that she had said. And, and, and again, I know there's many listeners who didn't hear last week, and I hope you do. I hope you all go and really listen to both these shows, the 9th and the 16th, um, are, are a two-part series. But, but I will bring up some things um, because I know some people haven't heard it. So, so she talked about moving out at 24. She said, I want to move out. Did, is that the age she moved out and became... Yes. Yes, she told me that she was going to move out at 24, and she did exactly what she she had already began to research and researched all that on her own, and um, found a place, a group place where you know some uh, mildly uh, disabled people lived, and she made a difference there as well. She she found her place, and she did well there. And when you say she, you know, helped those people as well, what, I mean, what kind of things did she do? Well, she taught them how to travel and um, on BART and take transfers to different counties. And um, one of her favorite things to do was go to Walnut Creek to build a bear. Oh, I love it. One of those people going to build a bear with her in Walnut Creek. So she was. She was a very resourceful, innovative girl who she would find a way to do yeah. it. Yeah, so and go ahead. She also, um, you know, she had the advantages of having paratransit, and so that's how she got to her creative art class in Oakland and uh, also to the convalescent centers where she um, ministered and helped people there as well. So I want to I want to review some of this. Although again, it was last week. I I think these are precious things about Missy. So I want you to talk again um, for those who did not hear it or have not heard it. What what made her special? So she was an artist. Tell you know what what things were her favorite things that she loved to do. And and I will just name that you just talked about getting around. That blows me away. I still say these are things. <laughs> these are things people I know really are not resourceful. It's tough. People don't know what to do or how to get around or they're panic stricken about BART or whatever. So Melissa really took charge of a lot of this and she she found her way to where she wanted to go. She you said that she loved you know, she loved to go shopping, she loved to go out, she loved to see things and and as you've said just now, she was resourceful, she was innovative. Um you also talked last week about that she really liked the people where she lived. She taught people ways to get around and she taught people or brought them with her so they would learn too. Um, so I want to just say that because that's super special really and, and quite unique. Um, but talk to me a little bit again about her love of art and, and what, what she did and what you mean by an art group that she went to. You know, for those who never heard anything, let's just ask that question again. Well, she had a passion for art. She loved to create things and she was actually very good. Her her favorite things in life were butterflies, rainbows, and um, just love, 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 you know, all those things. And her cat, she loved her cat. But in all her creations, she always had nature. She always had rainbows and sunshine and um, butterflies and every piece of artwork that she's ever created. You'll always find a, a butterfly and then, and she loved, she was born in Hawaii, so she loved Hawaii. A lot of her art was in the line of rainbows and oceans and 
Uh-huh. So she loved that. Um, and she loved sharing that with other people as well. She would um, create note cards, and um, she was just a real artist. She, With very little vision, she did such amazing work um, with her hands and tote bags and um, sewing and she just was really, really creative. And um, the art director at Creative Growth, you know, always said she's the best one in this line of work here in her um, her um, stitching and all her sewing uh, that she did. So she loved, loved, loved creating things. And she loved um building bears and things that make people happy. She often would donate them to um, sick kids, and she'd build a bear and then oh. donate it to someone. So she she did a lot of things that would um, was purposeful for her that made her feel good. She was a giver, and but most of all, she just gave of herself. She was really, really loved giving her love to people. Yeah, yeah, she thrived on that. Tell me about you. Meant you mentioned it's it's creative growth or it's creative arts or what was the school that what creative was creative growth creative art center in uh, Oakland. It's for um, disabled people. It's um, they've had they have four art shows in the uh, during the course of the year. So fantastic artists um, there. Um, some of their work sell for sixty thousand dollars and. Yeah, it's this amazing program um, there, and she loved, loved, loved going there. She and loved it. She also, and again, I I learned this at her funeral that what didn't she have a lot to do with like children at the church? And I just remember she loved glitter and she loved to make things so beautiful and shiny and bright and. And it all goes along with what you're saying, butterflies and rainbows and sunshine. You know, she just she just had an innate wiring to contribute a shining light to the world. Did she get involved? Is that is that am I correct in that memory of the church yes. or children? She was determined to be the first person there to help set up for the other kids there and um they you know, she she wanted everything to be something special. Anything she created, she wanted it to be special. She didn't want it to be blah, blah, blah. She had to have glitter and and gold and things and everything that she did to make it beautiful. So she was very keen on um, always hiding the glitter so she would make sure that the finished <laughs> work was had had everything that she wanted on there. So. And. It- and again, inspiring the kids, like she inspiring the kids and the teachers and and everybody involved. Um, I don't think that anybody can look at glitter anymore in that in her ministry that would not ever think of Missy, uh, as well as her fourteen or uh, her thirteen aunts and uncles that received greeting cards from her, and they would open them up and glitter and. A confetti would always fly out of them because Melissa just couldn't do anything just small. It couldn't just be a playing card. It had to be full of life. <laughs> what a pleasure. I mean, what a pleasure just to see that it's something from Missy. You know, you just know, oh, this is just going to light up my day. And I I do remember that, too, that at the, at the funeral, and I want to talk a little bit about, again, some of the hardships with that, but I remember... 
so many people got up and told stories and people saw her everywhere. She was always out and about and she was always going somewhere to do something and to make a difference. And sometimes people would say, oh, you're taking the bar. I'll give you a ride. And she'd be like, okay, you know, and they would chat. And I, I, it was very moving to me that she, again, and people talked about not just, oh, it was good to give her a ride. It was that they loved the conversation. <laughs> they loved taking her somewhere because it meant they got to talk to her and hear what she was up to and where she was headed and what she was doing. So did, did you find that a lot, that people... She just she just connected with anyone that was yes. a friend or anyone she met. Yes, everybody was special to her, and she brought out the best in everyone. It was one of those gifts that she had is bringing out the best in people. And she, you know, if you met her, you wouldn't forget her. Um, I remember the gentleman who had a band who says Melissa, you know, would show up. He, she loved his band, and she would show up. And places that he would never have dreamt that she could have gotten a ride to, but she should get there. She wanted to go. Wow. She made it. She made it happen for her. Yeah, she made it happen. We we are gonna head off to break. We are gonna come back. Um, you know, the story of this girl is so precious. It's a story for all of you, so that we can talk about loss and we can talk about moving on and and. Sometimes we feel guilt for what we could have done. Sometimes we do cry every day, but we still can take so much pleasure in what someone's purpose was. And it's important to not miss that because that's, you know, that's why they were here. And and Missy is just such a true example of that. So we're going to come back. And there, again, are some hard things. How do you even face a funeral? How do you plan it? What happens? And so those are some logistics, but I want to offer those up as well because anyone listening can really use this help. Um, So I thank you for tuning in. Please stay tuned. We really are going to have some more valuable things. And we're going to read something that Missy wrote that was super precious. So you're on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. Our guest is Sherry Stoneberger. And we have some valuable stuff to share. So please stay tuned and we'll be right back. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, we're back. This is Lindsay Levinson. I am your host at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We're on Voice America, and we are on the Variety Channel. Today is part two of a series where we have had our guest, Sherry Stoneberger, on and talking about the loss of a child. So not an easy thing to talk about, not probably that easy to listen to, but really valuable to understand. And I bet any of you who are listening who have known someone or are going through something are listening very closely because sometimes it takes a strong person to come share their story so that you can have strength to get through your own story. Sometimes it's hard to believe you can get through it. And, and I'm not sure there's a day, day one or, you know, 20 years later that you're positive you got through it. it it's a loss of a child. I, I, I don't really know how to say that that to me, I think might be the hardest thing on the planet to go through. So I really appreciate Sherry being here. Um, it, it, there is a light part of this story because of just who Sherry's daughter, Melissa, was um, and who she is and how she contributed and what effect she had on the world. Um, that's, you know, I, I don't know everyone's individual story, but this story is about an extremely special girl. Um, I want to, for any of you who are tuning in now, say that she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. What age was that, Sherry? What you said she seventeen months. Okay, so at that young age, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. She went through being in a coma for three months. Um, they took her off life support. The doctors certainly were not hopeful, and that's maybe putting it mildly. Sherry had another view of what was to come, but certainly that doesn't mean there wasn't a tremendous amount of suffering going on as you walk this journey. So. We're talking about the story of Melissa's life, and we've talked about the fact that she told Sherry, you know, well, when I'm 24, I, I'm going to go out on my own, Mom, you know, just so you know. And, and she did it. This became a very independent, unique, vibrant girl who made a difference and who made her way in the world. When she wanted to go somewhere, she got there. When she wanted to do something, she did it. If she wanted to affect someone or help someone or make someone smile, she found a way. And that's, that is such a bright part of this story is just listening to the story of Missy. So I, I want to talk about some of the difficult things. It, you've lost your child and now, and in, in any case of loss, I never quite get how people, you know, you do what you have to do, but how did you plan the funeral? Are you the one that planned it? Did people help you? You know, what, what happens in how you plan a funeral when you've lost someone? 
Well, um, my my big family, of course, they um, uh, were notified immediately because those people loved Melissa so much, and so I um, didn't know exactly, you know, what to do or how to go about it, but, you know, things fell into place, started praying about it and wanting clearance on what to do. Um, I knew that she was loved desperately by her ministry at her uh, church, and so um, that's the first place that I turned to as far as um, trying to make arrangements for her. And I know that I didn't want, um, Missy would not have wanted to have a funeral service per se, so I know that Melissa had wanted it to be a celebration of her life. And she had just in de- December, before she passed in January, we had we had talked about what she wanted. I mean, you know, what I wanted when I passed and what she wanted when she passed. And she, she had told me some things that she had wanted. And uh, so having a celebration, I kind of already knew, you know, what, what we wanted to do with that. Her... My extended family, my brothers and sisters, all piled into RVs, whatever they needed to do to get here. That's how much they loved this girl. They all lived, you know, in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, and within 24 hours, some had made their way here, and others a few days later in their RVs. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, Every member of my family, every brother or sister, had representatives there to be here with for Melissa. So this was a girl who meant the world to all of them, that she had changed their lives. She had inspired them to be more than they could be. So it was really important for them to all get here. So when they did, we had... Um, the minister uh, at her church was on vacation, and when she heard about it, she said, I'm coming home. So she came back, and we uh, met with her and planned uh, the service with her. And amazing so that she knew Melissa so well. It just was one of those wonderful gifts that things just kind of fell into place with with um having the right people there with you. Um, Melissa loved music, so, you know, her brother put together the video and the music, and he wanted to do that because he wanted it to be a happy thing. And it just happened to be that I had her birth announcement when she was born uh, being um, uh, a message from higher headquarters because we were in the military and a pilot. And so here comes down this baby in this higher headquarters airplane. And so we um, used that, and it just kind of put together this video that was just amazing for her. She would have loved it. She would have been flapping her leg and saying, you know, oh, I love this, I love this. And um, just, you know, wonderful, beautiful people that contributed the um, to the service, and and it was just amazing The you know, everybody contributed. It's, you can't make the decisions. You're kind of in a fog. You're, you're thinking, this is a bad dream. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. She's going to be here. She's missing the party, you know? Right, right. 
Right. When people came into town, she was there. I mean, she loved to party, a good party. So anyway, it fell into place. Um, I had a lot of help with um, my brothers and sisters helping me and my son and his wife and the three granddaughters. They all wanted to be a part of it. And uh, Honor Missy, she was she was very, very unique and special. And uh, they all wanted to to have their say-so, and it just, you know, one of those things that you depend on everybody and the good of the whole purpose, so right. it was, uh, um, the day of the funeral, I thought that it was going to be cloudy and cold and rainy, and it was just a beautiful, sunshiny day, um, and uh, um, uh, the lady who did the reception afterwards knew that Melissa loved Hawaii, so she just created this beautiful palm tree out of um, chocolate-covered strawberries and palm fronds, and it, it was just something that Melissa would have loved. She just right. would have loved it. So um, I think we all came together and worked on that, and um, hopefully Melissa was happy with the results because I think uh, it was a really nice one. I mean, a lot of people had walked away saying, I'm never going to be the same after realizing what this girl could do. You know, because you, when you, you see someone and they might be looking a little different and you don't really understand what they're capable of doing, how they right. change their lives, and Melissa was able to do that. So it was pretty easy to plan a celebration for her because we knew what she loved and... Uh, and so it was an honor to do so. And we talked on the last show, and again, I'll say last week, for those of you who don't know, you know, Sherry was born 14 children, 13 siblings. Um, so when she talks about her brothers and sisters supporting and being in this, this was a big family. This was a very close family. And Sherry talked last week, too, which I... Because this came up at I, at the funeral, I believe this is where I learned this. I learned a lot, and I was, in my own way, blown away by so many things and so many things people shared that were just the most lovely stories. But, but Sherry, talk about the country store again, and I say again only because there's people who haven't heard it yet. So, so you had a family because you do like a reunion every year, right? Yes, um, and my own selfish. Um mind, my thinking, is when Melissa was diagnosed and I realized that, you know, she wasn't going to see like other people and she was, you know, had all these medical problems and I was, you know, I wanted my family to fall in love with her because I knew she was going to be something totally special. So I wrote to each one of them and uh, and sent them a letter telling each one of my brothers and sisters what I loved about them as I was growing up and what was important to me and how I thought that, you know, we should have this family reunion where everybody gets together and make it a fun thing. I mean, bring something to the table, have energy, have games, and, or, you know, every, and it should be consistently every year. And because I had to go out and, and do odd jobs to make the money to go there to bring Melissa so I certainly wanted people to spend some time with her and fall in love with her, in which they did. So Melissa, she caught on really early that this was something that she wanted to be a big part of. So she kind of 
was the, in charge of the country store and at, at this reunion that we have every year. And, you know, they put a big table out and odds and ends for little kids to come and buy, you know, for a nickel or a dime or whatever. But <laughs> Melissa had great pride in her country store. Uh-huh. And, you know, if she had, and people would come, you know, the people who live there, they would be gardeners or whatever, or grow tomatoes. And it's, sometimes they'd sell fresh tomatoes at the country store and jams and things like this. And, and my brothers loved to tease Melissa because she was so strict, you know, when, you know, people, you didn't get away with taking a tomato without paying for it. So one incident, she, you know, my brother, he tried to get away with taking a tomato and she was chasing him around. <laughs> but that remained her country store. Every year she would, you know, think of something new, whether it be have Build-A-Bears there or, you know, things that kids would enjoy um, to buy at the country store. So, and along with also her artwork that we auctioned off, you know, a lot of times because she, she was such a nice artist. So, but she loved running the country store at the family reunion. That was a highlight of her year almost. Yeah, yeah. It was just such great, great stories and to learn about that. And so when you talk about a celebration of life, which I love that you had talked with her and again, all very meant to be very interestingly meant to be that this would all be a discussion. I mean, you talked to her through her whole life about everything, but, but in December, you know, that was a subject you both discussed. Oh, well, you know, in my passing, this is what I would want. Well, I would want this, you know, and, and so you had the opportunity to know celebrating her life. And of course her spirit was always that way. Were you, could you feel yourself present on the day of the funeral? Did you, did, were you taking it in? Were you in a fog? Were you, you know, how, how is a mother feeling on that day? All, even though it's a celebration, I certainly heard the stories in which just, like I said, moved beyond belief of who she was and what she did. But how were you feeling? It was a celebration, uh, immense sad, sadness because she wasn't there. Right. It's almost like, why are we having this party when we should have had the party for her when she was here? You know, it, it's it's hard to know, but still at the same time, there would not have been any perfect celebration of life that, for me, Melissa would have loved that. I was feeling numb, to tell you the truth. And I, at one point, I think this odd thing happened with... Um, my little nephew's four, he, after everybody kind of stopped talking, he, he kind of grabs the microphone and, and he, and he goes, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I, I just need to tell you, Melissa is happy. She has angels dancing all around her and she is happy. And then he starts to go on to sing this song or start to sing this song when the wind blows. No one knew this song, When the Wind Blows, but it's actually a song entitled When the Wind Blows. It's when you first see God's face when you enter the gates of heaven. And we were just all taken away with this little boy. For one thing, how did he have, he's a shy kid. How did he get the courage to go up there to talk about this? And how did he know even the name of this song. And it was just as if Missy had played a part of all that. You know, don't be sad. 
I've got angels, beautiful angels dancing all around me, and I am happy. So that was just an odd thing that happened, and it was as though um, that was the icing on the cake, you know, that Melissa was finally home, home free without pain, without treatments, without having to worry about her transportation. You know, she was free. So... To relive that day for me is always going to be rejoicing to see what my daughter was able to do. My goodness, I learned so many things about her uh, since she was living alone. alone. Being president of the Qantas Club for five years, I had no idea. This girl went out and she made things happen. She never missed a Qantas Club convention. She made things happen. She was out there doing things to help other people. And everything that she did, she had a purpose to help other people. Yeah, that, I, I felt that that theme just, I mean, it just not only showed up, it was just the predominant theme of who she was. And I was going to ask you that. Is there anything else that you learned at the funeral or learned beyond then that, you know, I'm sure, I mean, people are talking to you. Are there other things that you never knew about, you know, what she was doing that you learned or is it so many, it's hard to sort of say. I was amazed that she was out there raising money for third world country babies. Here she was (laughs) not well herself and she was out there raising money so they could have tetanus shots. Their mothers could have tetanus shots. One in wow. three babies die or something like that. I don't know exactly. But she was out there raising funds to to have babies vaccinated. So she, you know, I, I was so surprised. She just, she did it quietly. She never said, Mom, I'm the president of Qantas Club. You know, she never said that. She never, she never, it was nothing that she boasted about at all. All her things that she was able to do. Right. And I think remarkable things, right? I mean, you know, again, I just think she was so innately wired. That's why I talk about the lack of insecurity. Like she had so many things that she had to go through, and 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 appointments, and shots, and diagnosis, and 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 fear around certain things. So she was going through that, but she was just. She was already wired to be this strength, this leader, this helper, this contributor to the world. She was wired for that. I mean, that's why I said the people, the people I meet as a coach, the people I meet in my life, it's rare that I come across people who are so together that there, it's truly an innate wiring. It's not really work. I mean, she, she had a seamless way of making things really beautiful from art to just giving of her heart and people, you know, getting super attached and connected to her. Um, you know, how does your family, so there's all these brothers and sisters and there's her own brother and there's the little grandchildren. And, and so how, how do you adjust to life without Missy? Oh, they miss her every day. The the little girls, they talk about her all the time. And, um, yes, I mean, they don't go and do something without saying, oh, I wish Missy was here. Oh, Missy would have been laughing about that, she would say. (laughs) You know, one of them would say. Or, oh, oh, there's an Elvis song on. Oh, Missy would have loved that. They miss her so much. And my brothers and sisters, of course, they miss her so much. They, um, 
there's a permanent Missy's Country Store banner that is in the family reunion with an empty chair, which made me very sad, but it was a very well thought of um, gesture um, that that my family made for Melissa last year when she was missing. And, yes, so she's permanently missed, um, but yet she's always there with everyone. She's there that people can say, you know, they feel her, you know, they they feel like she's there with them. Right. She just, she can't be lost. We're we're getting toward the close of the show, but I want you to read what, what, you know, I know she did many things, but at the funeral there was a piece of her artwork and something she wrote on the back. Um, that was given, and, and I still keep it close to me, so it's very precious. Oh, can you, can you read that. that? I sure will. I wish I could feel this way about myself. Mm. My life is a journey. I'm disabled, visually impaired. I had a brain tumor when I was 17 months old. I would like people to accept me for who I am. I'm not perfect and make mistakes. I am loving, sweet, Strong, creative, friendly, and unique. Smart, brave, helpful, and a social butterfly. I do like being around friends, family. I have skin cancer. I love to listen to music. I believe in angels and Jesus. I believe that there is a heaven. I believe in miracles. I have a good heart. I love my friends, my family, nature, and pets. Melissa. Wow. Okay, well, you brought me to tears. It brought me to tears when I read it the first time. And, and you know, and in front of however many listeners, you know, I'll cry right there because, oh, my gosh, just what a beautiful, what a beautiful soul, what a beautiful daughter that you had and what a beautiful spirit is floating around making a difference however she is now um you know i have my own belief system that you just go to the other side to do work you don't really leave and that's my view so um but and and on that was a piece of her artwork i'll just tell the listeners that was just phenomenal to see and lovely that you shared it and and the funeral is lovely. So I, I want to say, again, I am going to close the show, but I um, have a few things to do. And, and thank you, Sherry. I just can't tell you how much value you bring by coming and sharing this story and how good of you to do so. So thank you so much for being here for two weeks to do this. You are so welcome. Anytime I can talk about Melissa, I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad you did. So today we have talked about relationship, loving, living, dying, the precious legacy that can continue to live on after somebody passes. Sherry Stoneberger, she raised her daughter from childhood to an adult, and Melissa lived on her own. And even when she passed, I mean, this is devastating sorrow. It will continue, but you can just see the bright light that Missy brought to the world, and that's what's precious. My Lindsay Life Secret for the Day. We live each day not knowing what the future holds. Making meaning of your life and those you love, it matters. Purpose, intention, contribution, building your own self-love and esteem will serve you in not only loving your life and prospering, but it will also serve you in the lives that you touch. And that's Missy's story. So for those who you are and can be an inspiration to, you should. And that's part of the reason to make your life matter. 
Make your choices matter. Make every moment matter. Not just for now, but forever. There's nothing you'll do that won't make a difference, again, for yourself and for a, you know, a path you crossed and a life you touched. I say to Missy, may you play and love and brighten our world toward better days for all, wherever you are, however you're dancing with angels. So I am so appreciative to have been able to be a part of this story, share it with you, that Sherry was willing to share it, to have been at that funeral and to have seen just the contributions that that girl made to the world. And I do believe she's a dancing spirit. Please continue to follow us. And next week we have a show on leadership, and I do hope you'll tune in for that. That's valuable as well. In the meantime, you've been listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Sherry Stoneberger has been our guest for two weeks talking about her daughter, Melissa. And I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. Have a very precious and powerful week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 